0: This is The Crucial Talks Podcast with your host, Mike Saddam. Hello and welcome back to The Crucial Talks Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Saddam. If you get a chance, I'd really appreciate it if you could please subscribe to the podcast and review it. So just click the subscribe button and give it a five-star rating. It really helps. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, please feel free to visit www.crucialtalks.com and reach out to me via email, LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook. Now, I've also added something new to the website. Under the podcast tab, I have added a link to each author's book that I interview. So what's cool about that is you get to listen to them talk, then you can just click on that little link and get their book. And today's episode is going to be no different because today I'm talking to Dan Oblier, and he is the author of Life or Death Listening, a hostage negotiator's how-to guide, mastering the essential communication skill. Now, this is about listening. And it's coming from somebody who has been there and done it, which is why I think it's pretty cool we get to talk to them. Because you're not just learning from a book, you're actually learning from a guy that was in the trenches doing this stuff. So you're not just getting theory, but you're getting practice. Now, not only does Dan's work in communication fit with what we talk about here on the podcast, but he's also filled a bunch of different roles like hostage negotiator, undercover investigator, chicken rancher, drug recognition expert, human resources consultant, ditch digger, landlord, grocery bagger. I mean, the list goes on and on. And it fits in line with the discussions we've had in the past about how the identities we adopt allow us to make sense of what is happening around us And let's just develop the behaviors we need to be successful in those roles that we play. Now, today, I think we're going to focus on the role of listener and the behaviors and techniques and tactics that go with that role. Because there's two sides to communication. One is the sender and the other is the receiver. And they're both so important. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Dan Oblinger. How are you doing today, Dan?
1: I am blessed, Mike, and thank you for having me on your wonderful podcast.
0: No, I think it's going to be great. I'm I'm kind of thumbed through your book here. I think it's going to be really fascinating. I plan to learn a, a few things from you. But before we do all that, before we get into the episode, can you tell us a little bit about you and the journey you took to get to this point today where you actually wrote a book, you're a speaker, you're a corporate trainer? I'd love to hear how you got to this point.
1: It's a, It's a journey. I mean, everybody has a, an origin story. I love how, you know, the, the comic book movies are really popular right now. And origin stories are are critical to understand the character. And I think that's the same thing for real people without superpowers. Um, and so it's kind of a tongue in cheek intro and bio to talk about all those different jobs and, and roles that I've had. And that is kind of my path to where I've been. Every one of those little jobs from the first job I had as like a, uh, a small town diner cook and and prep all the way up to being a hostage negotiator and, and running a hostage negotiation team for a large uh, major 50 city. All every stop along the way was, was critical. Every stop along the way I picked up something that I use now and I, I hope everybody can reflect upon their journey and realize all those stops along the way um, they, they added up to something that's amazing. So the, 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 the key takeaway for me, maybe, like you said, I really like what you said, actually, to focus on the role of listener, because although I don't say that, although I'm not, you know, I, I don't have a vest at home that says professional listener, although that would be a better way to describe what a hostage negotiator does. It's just not as cool. Um, hopefully, you're a listener in all those roles. You know, even working in the back room of a small diner in a small town, listening is critical. Being a husband, being a father, listening is critical. Being a police officer, listening is actually life or death as my book says. And being on a podcast or running a podcast, listening is what adds the value to the product. And so my journey has been uh, very eclectic. Um, But the key thread throughout has been uh, a journey also of discovery of the listening skill set. And that's where I'm at now.
0: Well, and I think it's pretty cool to be talking to you. And I love everything you said, because people that listen to this podcast have heard it all before, which is we all have these different stories, like you said, and we all take these different journeys but what 's kind of neat about what you 've done and what other people have done, even though they may not have recognized it and not been as self aware of you as you have been, is the fact that everything we do it doesn't really seem like everything we 've done in life from you know I started working at a garage when I was in high school, and you know I kind of followed a a similar path into public service like you have and kind of. Uh-huh education and knowledge and all this stuff into something that just like you, you're trying to help people. That's kind of where I'm at now too, right? We're, we're I don't know if you're still active um, like I am, but we, we have these kind of day jobs. And then on the side, what we're trying to do is take all of that information that we've gained over the years and help people, and but not just help people in the the careers we have kind of been embedded in for decades, but really to help people all throughout the country in different roles that they play in corporations and um, small businesses, everything they do because what we've, the people I've got to talk to on this podcast have been like you, they've come from such a varied background, but what we've been able to talk about is able to help a lot of people. And I think that's kind of what you're doing now with your, your skill set on listening and trying to, to help people understand not only the value, but how to do it, and then what to do with that information once you once you hear it, is that kind of what you're doing now?
1: Yeah, and this—I mean, this is the thing—is we all have jobs. You got your job, and some people are blessed, like I think you have been, and I have been. I've had a you know a rich career um, of experience and 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 self knowledge, and at the same time, been able to support a large family. Uh, on the salary, I mean, I get paid very fairly, you know, for that career. But at the same time, there was something else inside of me. There was a calling that was not being fulfilled um, just with my my public service. Um, My father actually, I think, helped me discover that. He was a commercial contractor and uh, did a lot of horizontal, so built a lot of buildings. And he's like, you know, what you know, what, what you've experienced, you know, in police work, and especially in, at the time, I was doing a lot of drug investigations and then also hostage negotiation. He's like, what you know about those hazards and those, those skills, people would pay for that in the private sector. And I didn't really believe him. But I did start, you know, dip my toe in the pool, as Mr. Pope would say, you know, and uh, then I drank deep. Um, and, you know, that's where I'm at now with my side hustle, which I think everybody has these days, um, is, yes, translating what I know in my life of service um, into the language of the private sector, um, but also for families so that they can use those skills and experiences that I've earned over a couple of decades of service um, to do amazing things in their families, and their communities, and even in their companies.
0: And that's where I think we are completely aligned in that because I've talked to people like gas and petroleum, geothermal power plants, all these different people I never thought I'd ever get to talk to because after so many years in public service training in-house and that sort of thing. Oh yeah. To think oh, yeah. that you would be able to <laughs> talk to people that are, you know, that are in a complete, like, I know nothing about geothermal power plants, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I know nothing about gas and petroleum, except I got to put it in my car. But being able to talk to people and seeing that these skill sets translate and translate in a way that can help people, I think is such a huge benefit to what what you're doing. And so with that being said, when we're talking about listening, how, how are you helping these corporations? How are you helping people in communities and families and, and companies do better with respect to how people communicate? What are, you, what are you doing and what are some of the techniques you talk about in your book and in your speaking and, and consulting?
1: What a great question. So are you ready for the answer? I'm going to answer your question. I'm going to kind of segue into why the book is entitled the way it is. And um, I'm going to sell whoever's listening to your podcast all over the world on listening as the skill, not just a skill, the skill. Um, This is what I've discovered is you can put me in a room with anybody, one person or a hundred people, any job, any walk of life, uh, any ethnicity, any race, you know, language could be problematic. I'm going to need a translator, but I know that those people, whatever they do, they could do it with greater value and greater personal purpose if they listened more authentically while they did it, because listening is the foundation of accomplishing work with other people, no matter what. And uh, listening is of all the skills the one that I think is most—it's—it's um, it's the highest stake skill. If you do it well, um, people live. If I'm a hostage negotiator, right? Um, if I don't listen well as a negotiator, people die. But what I've found, and this is the kind of the the big thrust of the book, and and in my keynotes, I'm going to give it away. This is a really important point in the keynote, is that even for you, if you're not a hostage negotiator, if you're a husband or a a wife, a father or a mother, or just a great uncle or aunt, if you are a CEO or you're a janitor, if you listen well, then the relationships that you have with people thrive. They live, right? Um, The company is nothing more than – the sum total of all those different relationships, you know, employee to employer, peer to peer within the team, salesman to client, saleswoman to client or prospect, all of those different relationships, if you add authentic listening to it, they thrive. And the company, you know, is propelled forward, right? It lives. But by the same token, if your culture of your organization does not emphasize listening, and in fact, if you have a bunch of or listeners or really this is more likely unintentional listeners they just let it happen then over time relationships suffer and organizations suffer if you take listening out of a family the family drifts apart if you take listening out of a sales relationship um, it stops it ends and over time our organizations or or thrive from the qualitative listening that goes on so listening truly is life or death and my, that's the purpose of my book and the purpose of my speaking and really, you know, my private sector work is to convince people of that, that listening is the foundational skill for every other skill you do. Listening adds value to that. So that's, that's where I'm at, Mike, is I am a salesman for listening.
0: Well, and that's why I think it's extremely important that people realize that it doesn't matter what role they're playing. It doesn't matter. Like you said, if they're the CEO or the janitor, listening is huge because communication is how we actually build these social bonds and it's how we build companies, how we build society. So if communication is so important to building those things and constructing these stories with each other that bring us to action, we can't just say that communication is single directional. We have to realize that listening is a huge part of that because that's the way we transfer information. If we're not listening then we're either not hearing the story, which means we're not engaged, which means we're not making the decisions based on what the the true beliefs are of that of that group, whether it's a family or a community or or corporation. So what kind of what kind of things can we do to kind of help us listen better? Cause I think a lot of people out there like me, which is, they're thinking right now, yeah, I could probably improve how I listen or what I listen to, or really what I I like what you said about listening authentically, what can we do to be better listeners?
1: Well, this, I mean, that's it. I mean, that's it right there. That's the million dollar question, right? Um, So as hostage negotiators, we know that there's eight active listening skills and that if you can master not just each of those eight, although that is possible, but really the eight that work as a system, so if you can master this overarching skill set of active listening and all the different ways that you can apply it to situations, um, then you, you you are. I mean, it's the fact that you're a master listener and I can put you in any situation. It could be a criminal interview. It could be negotiating with a jumper on top of a building. Um, it could be negotiating a contract in a boardroom. It could be parenting children. But if you're a master listener, you really are a master communicator. Um, there's interesting situations as a corporate trainer and as a corporate consultant, I frequently get told about bad listeners, you know, whether it's somebody's boss or manager, whether it's the CEO setting up a, a coaching session for an employee saying, yeah, they're just not a good communicator. It's simply what they say. And I often think that they would, I think some people might get in their head. Well, he must not be able to, you know, form his thoughts into words and speak. And that's, that's typically not the case. Usually they can speak very well. It's that they don't listen. I think listening is the greater portion of communications because you ought to be doing it a lot more than speaking if you want to learn. Nobody learns anything by speaking. Um, We learn through listening. We acquire knowledge through listening. We discover where people are at in those individual journeys when we listen to their story, and then I can lead them. If I know where they're at and I know where they want to go, I can lead that person. And the only way to find that out is by really listening to them and listening in a in a culture and an environment where they they truly believe that I want the truth and that I'm going to, to handle that truth when it's given to me as a good listener um, with, with with some discretion and appropriately. And, and so that's all of that is baked into listening. And it really begins with those eight active listening skills. So that's what my book's about. And when I have uh, a client that's willing to invest the time, that's what the training's about.
0: Well, and so we're talking a lot about listening, right? Like, listening to me, I know it when I see yeah, it. We're,
1: we're, t- we're talking about listening, like, which is a little <laughs> ironic, but there it is.
0: <laughs> but what? So that's my question then is, what is listening? I mean, I get the the science and the biology behind it on how sure. it happens.
1: Yeah, it everybody gets that. That's easy. Yeah, that's easy, but,
0: right? But what about these, these <laughs> non-tankables? what is listening as a human attribute, as a human skill? What is it exactly that that we're trying to accomplish when we're talking about listening, because hearing is like the sound waves come in, they hit yep. your eardrums, all this stuff happens, it gets to your brain as a signal, and then you, mm-hmm. your brain processes that, but that's really not listening, right? So what-
1: it's not, it's not good enough either. It's not good. If you're married, you know, it's not good enough. You've been probably busted on this before, right? So what I, what I say in, in my, my trainings is there is this thing called hearing. And in fact, there's this thing that's almost like hearing it's, maybe a little better than hearing, that it's consumption. So all these digital devices we have, like we're being trained to consume digital media and, and communications media. And like you said, it's a two-way street. And what we're being trained to think is that it's not a two-way street. We just receive it. And if we and hopefully, we, and, and it's for our, usually in those cases, it's for our entertainment, right? Are you pleased? Is it pleasurable? And unfortunately, a lot of times, really high level of listening is not pleasurable. It's tough. Um, so, this is where I'm at. And this is the dangerous thing talking to me is that my educational background is actually philosophy. <laughs> I studied to be a Roman Catholic priest before I became a police officer. So, I, I think about this stuff all the time, like when I'm on the phone with people as a negotiator or when I'm in the streets, with, you know, when I was a police officer on the street. And this is what I discovered to answer your question directly. There are two goals when you listen. There's the first goal, which I think most people understand, that's to be attentive, like to give people your attention. This is how a lot of people decide if you're listening to them well or not, if you're being authentic with them and being real with them or not. And that is, am I looking at you while you talk to me? Um, Am I orienting my body towards you so that my ears are pointed at you so I can hear you, right? Um, Am I engaged in other activities, which is a clear signal to people that you're not listening? Or are you solely focused, you know, mind, body, and soul on the person who is giving you their story at that moment. So that's attentiveness. And that's really important. It's the first thing we do. But then there's the second thing. And this is where a lot of people, I think, fail. Um, because the, the storyteller, the person we're trying to listen to, they pick up on this just as well. And that is, okay, I'm attentive, but am I responding appropriately? And this is where we directly address what you've mentioned. and It's a two-way street. So if I just was attentive with you and gave you my full attention, I'm looking at you, I have a appropriate body posture, I'm smiling warmly, and you tell me your story. And at the end, I'm like, all right then, and I get up and I leave, right? Or I never ask you any questions, or I don't say anything at all. I just stare at you. Then nobody's going to feel listened to. And in fact, that's not listening. Listening is an activity. It is something that we engage in. And we meet people where they're at. We ask deep questions. That's one of the active listening techniques is open-ended questions, right? So we're attentive. That's one. But then we have to respond appropriately. And that is diving into the story, showing that we're interested by how we respond, both you know, non-verbally, but also by asking great questions and and offering insights about their story. And that's the, the greater part of active listening to me.
0: Well, and in your book, and I love this little line you put in here, you actually said that, I'm going to quote out of the book, that listening is a function of the mind and soul, not the ears, which I think is awesome because – what we've talked about on this podcast all the time like one of the core tenets of why you fit so well with this podcast is the fact that people are social storytellers that we're the same yes. biologically and cognitively that we always have been since we were in tribes and we just have a faster means of doing all that
1: with yeah, none of that's changed
0: exactly yeah, that's, that's, why yeah, I that's I love
1: true.
0: well and that's why I love what you said because you're saying it's a function of the mind and soul which basically tells me. That, hey, you understand that as social storytellers, we make decisions based on emotion. And so by listening the way you're talking about, making it an active, engaged process, that you're engaging the mind and soul, which means what you're trying to do is tap into that, that emotional decision making because it's got to be part – it just can't be the, the frosting, right? It can't just be glossing over and you're picking up keywords here and there. It's actually nope. got to be an activity – that impact what you're going to do next.
1: You have to It's a commitment. It is a commitment that you, you reaffirm the commitment every time they speak. And, and I think this, maybe this is illustrative. So as a, as a crisis or hostage negotiator, I'm asked to get on the phone with people that at least on, on first blush, they are diametrically opposed to me, to what I stand for right down to what I'm wearing you know, the uniform of that police department that, That we serve or whatever and and they have their own goals that again at first appearance are completely opposed to the goals of of myself and my team which is negotiated surrender they're going to prison or they're going to the hospital right one or the other Um, very rarely that we would go meet them and then they go back in their house and we all it's Miller time we all go home so I'm selling them on that and for most people Maybe the circumstances are exotic, but how many times in your life do you you run up against somebody and you have a conflict with them in communications and they want something that, that you don't want them to have, or you want something that they are preventing you from acquiring. And this, so this is a common experience in the corporate world. This is a common experience in families when we're deciding what to do as a family. Right. And the difference maybe between people that aren't trained and experienced in a, in a crisis negotiator the people on my team is we're like, hold my beer. Like, these are my people, difficult people that are in conflict with me. This is my tribe. And the reason why is, and this is the answer to your question is because everybody has that story. That's what motivates a crisis negotiator and what creates our belief that we can succeed and we can negotiate a surrender is that if I listen to this person's story, probably nobody else has for a very long time. And that will give me an incredible amount of influence over them because in order to share that story all the way, they're going to trust me. And this is what we know. I mean, that's the the glide path for a crisis negotiator to take chaos and turn it into a negotiated surrender is merely listening to that story. And what motivates that process is this firm belief based on experience that everybody's got one. We truly, we're social storytellers, like even the most broken people in society. They have this story of self, and that includes where they've been and where they're at and also where they hope to be. And everybody's got that. Like even sociopaths have that. And so that motivates us as, as crisis negotiators to, uh, to discover that with them and in the process become influential.
0: Well, and I love what you said because what I've, what I've talked about on the podcast a lot is the fact that people, people don't have to be where they are. We can get people to a different place. You can get yourself to a different place by telling yourself the right story. And the fact that you're using that that kind of same language, that you understand that everybody has a story, a story about where they are, a story about where where they're in the present where they are, but really a story about where they hope to be. And by listening, you can tap into that. But what I'd like to hit on really quick, because you, you kind of glossed over it, and I think it can help people, is the fact that when you are listening per your job, meaning you're out there as a hostage negotiator, and you're trying to bring a, a resolution to an activity. There's a lot of stuff going on, right? I mean, there's there's radios going, there's people walking around. Oh there might be involved. <laughs> well, so here, here's the deal. It's, it's I'm not gonna, well, it is chaos. And I'm not going to ask you about the hostage negotiator take on that. But I think that what you can offer people is a fact that today, right now, I might be sitting in my office. I'm not negotiating with somebody that took hostages or is holding, you know, a family member in the building with whom you're trying to get them out. But look at all these devices we have and all the apps. And, oh, yeah. you know, you go from YouTube to Facebook to LinkedIn to what's going on on Twitter to what's on TV to what music you're listening to, all on our phones. And so, if we're talking about being attentive, and we're talking about providing an appropriate response from your skill set, from your experience as a hostage negotiator dealing with chaos. What can you tell us to help us deal with all of that stuff that is going on around us every single day from the kids in junior high to, you know, a 75 year old in a nursing home that has a phone? I mean, there's so much going on. How do we filter through all that so we can be an active listener?
1: Look, I've, I've chased dope for years, you know, from meth to heroin to pills to, you know, you name it. And I'm convinced that digital media is every bit as addictive as those substances. And it's going to be, it's, the proof's already in the pudding, but it's going to be borne out over the, these next two generations that are entering the workforce. So certainly millennials of which I am on the leading edge, but generation Z coming in now, we're seeing this. If you're not, your eyes are closed. And that is, you know, I, I was raised with a foot in each canoe, right? I learned to adopt early digital media. But my brother, who was born 15 years after me, he grew up with it and never knew anything differently. And so now the generation after him, you can imagine the level of immersion that they have in digital and social medias or media. And and this is the thing, is that it trains your brain to be a poor listener. I'm convinced of it. I mean, liking somebody's post is not engaging them to discover more deeply who they are and where they want to be, right? Um, Sharing and causing things to go viral does not increase the level of dialogue and true human interaction. And, And honestly, we're the most connected civilization in the history of civilizations, and we are also now the saddest and loneliest civilizations, even though we have the most people and the most ways to connect with them and communicate with them. And I don't think that, I think I'm preaching to the choir, Mike. Am I right?
0: You are. And that's what I'm, what I'm getting at is that we what need listening. We we, but how do we do that, right? Like how do we right. get people, what, what skills are we training people with so that when they have these devices where you are connected 24-7, but that doesn't mean that connection is to the emotionally deep level that we need as social beings, what do you do? I mean, is it as simple as putting it away?
1: I think that the first and foremost thing and this, this is easier said than done is you have to have comprehensive rules about how you use digital media and whether that is limiting the time that you use it in a, in a given day, limiting the avenues that you use it for um, deciding that there's, Hey, there's one or two ways that I connect with, you know, the people that are really important in my life. And I'm just going to stick to those because there are certainly both quantity and quality issues with, with how we interact um, with, with the digital environment. We have to create good rules for use, just like anything that's addictive. Like you have to, drinking alcohol, you have to set good rules for how you consume, the, you know, those beverages so that you won't get into trouble uh, physiologically and also legally, right? Same thing with digital media. It's addictive. Uh, we want those lots and shares. So we have to be careful how often we use it and how we use it. I think we have to set good rules and we have to have good people in our life that we communicate with and listen to that that can help us by holding us accountable. Um, and then we have to replace that activity and, and that outlet that need that we have to, to interact with people. We have to replace it with something that's better for us. And I think that is uh, seeking out listening opportunities with real life human beings that are right here in our house, uh, you know, in our offices, right in our cars as we drive. And we have to engage, those people in authentic, you know, non-digital listening opportunities. And uh, part of that's just that motivation you and I've already talked about that is life or death. Like my relationship right now will be uh, made more vital if I listen to my wife, right? Instead of getting on Facebook and looking at whatever, um, talking to my children and listening to them and how their day went instead of getting on LinkedIn. Right? So, We have to take those opportunities and we have to be skillful and artful about how we do that. And that's where those eight active listening skills come in. And we have to make sure that this is like an ongoing process. Like we're constantly looking for those opportunities and checking up on people and their stories. And that's just, it's, there's nothing complex about it. There's no magic bullet. It's setting aside the digital media, using it for what it's good for. There's a good purpose for it. But understanding that real life people are more important.
0: Well, and I think that's the the biggest point you're making is that, it has to be a deeper level of communication. And this is what I find. I mean, I'm totally fascinated by this conversation. Um, I, I know we're, we're probably getting a little off the, off the rails from your, from your book content, but what I love about the conversation we're having is the fact that I'm in California, you are in Kansas, and it feels like our communication is that kind of deeper level. So we're using a yes. digital tool But we're, but the basics behind it, the theory behind it, the foundation behind it is still considering these two goals of listening, which is being attentive and providing an appropriate response, that deeper level emotional connection.
1: Yes. Yeah. And and that's, I think that's the last bit. And it's kind of the explanation for, you know, how could it be, Mike, that we have all these different ways to communicate. We have these amazing technological tools. Right. We have more people than ever that have access to them. And that's good. That's an amazing gift that we have is that some of the, the poorest people in our communities have access to the Internet and have a cell phone. Right. They can summon help. and They can communicate with loved ones. You know, they're totally connected. And but then there's this conundrum like they're also sad and lonely. And I think the answer is, is because we so often in our communication and particularly in digital social media, we ignore emotions and that's the thing. So if you're a master listener, then you understand that emotions are everything, that emotions are opportunities, that emotions, uh, without emotions, the story will make no sense. That story of self, the origin, the, the current status and, and where they want to be. If you remove the emotion from it and you ignore it as you listen, you'll never understand people. Because we are social storytellers and we're also emotional beings like we are emotional creatures and we cannot separate that from our story and you shouldn't even try it because it's what makes us who we are it's it's an amazing and a beautiful thing about human beings it's also why we're awful it's awful it's also why i have a job as a hostage negotiator and i had a, a long career in law enforcement is because people would get emotional and not manage those well but that presents the opportunity to help them and uh, that also is a really critical and core, um, I guess, goal, you would say, for listening well, is to get to the emotions of the story and, and understand those just as much as, uh, as what they're trying to tell us.
0: Well, exactly. Because I, I really think there's an... And now, people listening to this podcast are... They're from all over the world. They have all kinds of jobs. There are you know, Instagram influencers and salespeople there are people that only have a digital profile really that are listening to this. So really what I'm what I'm trying to get to with you is something that they can understand, which is, yeah, we're talking about these emotional level connections, but what I want people to really understand is the fact that it doesn't mean you have to now all of a sudden become a door-to-door salesman when you're, when you're really a B2C or B2B provider and you're digital only, but you may have a digital only presence, but these theories, these, not even theories, these, these proven techniques, these proven indicators of active listening work in the social domain, because you're not just going for 10,000 thumbs up on Facebook. That really doesn't, doesn't convert for a salesperson that that doesn't mean that converts to sales. You're looking for the deeper vertical, um, connections right you're not just looking for the likes; you're looking for a deeper sort of
1: conversation so yeah all these all these platforms you can do you can throw out your content your marketing content and please do don't stop doing that because you listen to this podcast with dan oblinger and then blame me later when your sales tank because that's an important part of it but imagine like you said on conversions imagine finding five people qualified people like you've done your because that's the other thing is it's data driven so you've got good data but you find those five people and then you start conversations with them offline, like call them at their office or, you know, through a, the messaging platform within that, you know, within that site and start a qualified conversation with them and, and ask them deep questions. That's where that, again, that the active listening skills, right? Asking questions that demand answers, but in a way that's really inviting. If you ask those kind of questions to get a conversation started. All of a sudden you have a friend and not just a friend, right? You have somebody that's interested in you and what you're selling and and you do that every day consistently, just start like five conversations, then yeah, you're going to convert those sales, right? And this, and then add that, added to that, I would make one more recommendation because we're talking about something that's addictive and it's digital media. Find at least a half an hour. I would actually say, Hey, be ambitious and find a whole hour of your life in this 24 hour cycle we call a day. And remove social media and digital media and all the sources of digital media from your life for that one hour. Take a fast. Fasting's critical for human beings, right? So intentionally say between this time, you know, this hour and this hour, I am not going to be on any digital devices. I'm not going to be in the presence of something where I could be tempted to look at a digital device. I'm going to, I'm going to be with people. Or I'm going to be alone. I'm going to get some silence and kind of going radio silent for the digital media is really critical for building your listening skill and creating the right kinds of environments around you where you can hear people and hear their stories. And I just, it's good for mental health, but it's also good just for maintaining the, the proper relationship with this really powerful technological tool that we have. And so I do recommend those things. So start real conversations, even in the digital platform, and then also fast.
0: Well, and so as we kind of wrap up this episode, what I'd like to do is just quickly talk about now there's eight active listening skills that you mentioned yep. and we definitely don't have time to go through all of them <laughs>
1: but kind of makes this a bit did, of a tease mike <laughs>
0: <laughs> well hey there's eight of them and i can list them out here in fact I, I might do that on my uh on the show notes but out of these eight which one can you can you drill down just a little bit into so that people listening will have something they could use as soon as the podcast is over, as soon as they walk into their world, as soon as they walk into their job, as soon as they get done with their commute. What is one of these skills that they could start using today that you feel would have the most value, would, would provide the highest return on investment for them?
1: Okay, so the answer for, for me, and this is why it's the first one that's mentioned in the book, um, this is the first one when I do training for hostage negotiators, because I train hostage negotiators, or when I do corporate training. It's the first one we address, because I think there's the greatest potential for value, and that is open-ended questions. So it's also the one we've mentioned a couple times in the podcast. So let's just do that one. That makes this a little less of a tease. So uh, open-ended questions, I like to start with that, because most people have been exposed to this concept that there's closed-ended questions and there's open-ended questions. And most people can like clearly define what a closed-ended question is. You know, It's a question that can be answered with one word or or a very short answer. Um, but then I asked, no, really, define what an open-ended question is. And it's a lot harder. They're like, well, it's one that, that doesn't, you know, just take a short answer. I'm like, well, that's not a really good definition according to philosophy. So this is my definition for open-ended question. It's anything that you say or do that invites somebody to tell their story. And so we're talking about taking a deep dive into this the sense of where they're at and where they want to go, right? And where they've been. So in general, questions that add, you know start with what or how or who or when or where, these are good. Usually these are good. Um, and they invite people to, to share that aspect of the story. You'll notice I didn't really say why. Why can be really good, can be super powerful, but it's also really dangerous. Um, in crisis or when people don't have a, a, a strong sense of their relationship with you, if you start asking why questions, um, they may look at that as you questioning their motives and may set you back as a listener. So you can do it, but you have to sell it, that you really do want to know why, and you're not just um, basically accusing them of having false motives or maybe making bad decisions. So why is on the table, but be careful. So, but the, the, the idea here is I'm inviting you to tell the story in your own words, on your own terms. You will tell me what's important by how you choose your words and how you choose to unfold the story. But if I ask a bunch of rapid-fire, short answer questions, closing in questions, then I'm really in a certain sense, I'm kind of telling my own story in the process of you trying to tell me yours. I'm chopping it up and I'm getting it on my terms and I'm not going to build a relationship with you that way. And I'm not really going to learn anything that way. Because as we already said, when I talk, I really don't learn. So that's the idea, but there's levels to it. And in the book, we kind of get into that where, okay, yeah. So if I said, Hey, you know, what's, how's your day going? That's a great question, right? But The best use of the open-ended question technique is to really dive into the stuff that you really need to know as a leader to lead your organization well. So I'm going to propose this to to your listeners of your podcast. Provided that you think you have created the environment where people will tell you the truth, go to three key people in your organization and ask this open-ended question. What is my reputation as a leader in this organization? You got to be ready for whatever they're going to tell you. And hopefully you've created the environment where they will tell you the truth and the only thing that you can say once they've said whatever they're gonna say is thank you. Do anything else, and you will shut the door to the truth for that person, at least as it goes to your reputation as a leader, forever. So you have to be uh, it's a risky, but you know what? Listening is risky and leadership's risky. But you have to be willing to ask those kind of we call million dollar questions because that's where you get a better handle on the obstacles and the opportunities that are facing your organization.
0: Well, and Again, I'm looking at all these where you talk about any question that starts with what, who, where, how, or when is a good start. And I'm, I'm, I just keep thinking to somebody's going to listen to this or they may be listening to it while they're engaging on Facebook or LinkedIn or their website or Instagram or whatever trying to convert sales. I keep thinking it just goes back for me to say, hey, look, just because you're not face to face with somebody you're trying to engage with doesn't mean that you have to change anything like try these things so say you're 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 doing something on instagram you post whatever product you're trying to sell but you're you're telling your own story and somebody engages with you try some of these try the open-ended question because yes. that may have a higher conversion than telling your own in fact it will <laughs> well, I mean, we both know this. It will have a higher conversion than telling your own. Than telling your product story is letting them tell their stories. And we can do this on a Facebook post. We can do it on Instagram. We can do it on LinkedIn, where we can actually dive deeper using this open-ended question, so that we do engage with people and have a have an increased chance of influencing them uh, through that
1: medium. I have people from time to time. They're like, you know, this is great. Um, you know, some of the people I need to listen to, they're not here. Like they're, you know, it's a long distance relationship professionally or personally. And I tell them like, have you ever really thought about what hostage negotiators do? Almost all of our business is done over the phone, on a throw phone or on a cellular connection. Like we literally, it's so dangerous. We can't be face to face with the person that's kind of by design. Now, some of our stuff is face to face jumpers or in extreme cases, you know, when we have to go into a, a structure and go voice to voice down a hallway or something like that but almost all of our work is done by phone and increasingly now messaging systems, whether that's SMS, MMS, or through social media. And what we know is all of the eight active listening skills still apply and they still have great value provided that you faithfully apply them to this conversation and to this person's story. And so I a hundred percent agree. You, you should start these conversations on social media, on Instagram, whatever, you can do it in the public posts or the comments, or you can do the, you know, DM or whatever the the messaging side of the house, but ask open ended questions of these people that are engaging you on the content. If they like it, message them and say, Hey, I saw you like this. What caused you to, to like this, you know, this post or this picture or this product and engage them. You know, you can, you can sell or you can tell. And The salesmen that approach me trying to tell me about their product and tell me why I need it, they don't get my money. But the people that ask me what I want and ask me about me and my needs, they consistently get my business. And so listening is the foundation of sales just as much as it's the foundation of process negotiation and human relationships.
0: Okay. Well, I think that's a great place to kind of wrap up our episode, but before we do, you have me feeling a little bit bad about just kind of teasing people with the eight active listening skills. Can we list those out real quick? Just to give people a little bit of info on, Hey, these are the eight we're talking about. And then if you could just let us know, Hey, how do we get in touch with you? Uh, Where do we get the book? That sort of thing. That'd be
1: great. Yeah. So let's just do this then. So we already said open-ended questions. There's minimal encouragers, right? This is really speaks to the attentiveness side. It's like what we do with our body and our, even maybe our voice, the, the cues we send people that we're listening, right? There's open-ended questions, which we mentioned. There's reflecting, sometimes called mirroring, right? And this is a simple technique to get people to continue to tell the story once they've started. Um, there is effective pauses, and these are a little bit more uh, high-risk, high-reward, and this is designed to get people to continue to tell the story when they might be hesitant to, or to uh, prevent us from injecting our own story or, or changing the direction of the story when we really should not, right? So there's also paraphrasing, and this is picking out the really important parts of the story to find out more and to demonstrate that we're listening, right? There's I messages. These are ways in conflict especially or Um, In situations where somebody does something that's really great, like they're really sharing their story and giving us lots of insight to either, um, I would say punish bad behavior or at least cause people to retreat from bad behavior or to reward um, really important milestones in in a relationship or in a conversation. So those are I messages, right? Then there's emotion labeling. This is, this is the money. Like for a customer service or dealing with people in crisis who are uh, overly emotional. This is, most important one I feel is emotion labeling, right? And then summarizing. So summarizing is a super versatile active listening skill. You can do tons with uh, summarizing provided you do it properly and provided you've actually been listening. So I think that was a, did I get them all?
0: Uh, you did, and I'm cheating because I'm looking at your book. But yes, uh, yeah, you got them all, <laughs> which I would hope since you wrote the thing.
1: <laughs> I did write it. Now I'm I'm sitting in my living room with with no. So I guess I guess I passed your test, Mike. Um, you, you did. You did. You had yeah. asked about how to how to reach me. Um, I mean, the first thing I would say is, hey, go buy the book, and and you won't meet me physically, me, but you'll see what I'm selling. You'll see what I'm about. You'll see my mission in life and how I approach. Um, relationships with people and how important I think they are and you can get that on Amazon it's a Kindle uh, ebook it's an actual physical paperback or you can get both in a bundle and it's available amazon.com and the title again is life or death listening that'll get you there Dan Oblinger um,
0: well I'll go ahead and put a, a link to that, oh, in the sorry, show. What's that I said I'd go ahead and put a link to that on my oh, yeah. notes yep. and my website so hey don't worry about it just go ahead and click on it it'll take click you right link. to Amazon you can buy it there <laughs>
1: So that's great. And you'll give me a little bit of money and you know, my kids will thank you. I've got, I've got five adopted children and you know, that's how they eat. So no pressure, not trying to, you know, tug at the heartstrings, but whatever. Um, That's great. What I'd rather actually have though is a conversation with you out there in podcast land. And I'm sure you'll post those links as well, but email me is the best. If you email me any time of night, you don't be surprised when you get a response. I don't sleep a lot. And then also on my LinkedIn, I share a lot of content. I give a lot of stuff away for free because truly I think this is, Um, A calling that I have so I don't try to monetize everything Um, So get on there I share stories of of people I encounter in my kind of crazy journey and the listening Opportunities that kind of unfold and what I've learned about them that I can share appropriately and those tend to be fairly humorous I think humor is an important part of adult education Uh, and then also I share insights I'm always working on some other content or training or keynote. So I share insights in my own journey of listening discovery. I'm not there yet. I'm still a work in progress. So yeah, LinkedIn, connect with me, check out my articles and then uh, email me. If You got a burning question. You want to know more? You feel cheated because you didn't get the other seven active listening skills. I don't own those. They're on the internet. Um, I had a unique approach to them after you know 20 years of my service, but um, yeah, they're there for you and I'd be happy to be your tour guide.
0: Well, and so I will put uh, links to both your LinkedIn profile and your email and definitely your book. And I just wanted to really thank you for coming on the podcast, talking to us, because we've talked a lot on the podcast from hearing from different people about communication skills, about mindset, about consciousness, about all these things. But really, I think you're the first active listener focused guest we've had. And I got so much value out of this. I think everybody else did too. So I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast and having such a really a deep conversation with us about this.
1: Mike, it's my pleasure. And uh, let's hope that the conversations continue.
0: Well, I, I definitely think they will. So all of those links will be in the show notes. And again, thanks to Dan Oblinger for coming on to the Crucial Talks podcast. I know I got a lot of benefit from this talk. And really, if you did, if you have a chance please visit with me at www.crucialtalks.com and you can connect with me on email, LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. And if you need anything from me, feel free to just reach out however you wish um, and I'll get in contact with you. Also, if you could please subscribe to the podcast and rate it, that would really help grow the audience of people interested in these conversations, just like the, the one we had with Dan. So have a great week and remember, If we want to understand behavior, we need to understand what drives people. Please review, share, and subscribe to the Crucial Talks podcast. Visit CrucialTalks.com.